Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for tuning in for the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the Silent Witness Coordinator, and today I am joined by a friend, a co-worker, uh, and somebody I really have known through the years and didn't know. Scott Stout is a sergeant with the Phoenix Police Department. Scott, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. You and I have been talking for a couple weeks about trying to, to set this up. I've been asking you to do this, and uh, before I kind of dig into your story a little bit, I just want to take a moment to tell everybody, you know, this show airs, it's Sunday morning. I recognize that some people are just waking up, others are out and about, uh, some folks are working third shift overnight, they're heading into to work to go home. I just want to take a moment to, to thank and acknowledge everybody who serves, whatever industry you're in, if you serve others, look out for others, you're taking care of others, it's just such an admirable career, in my opinion, uh, and I have such a special place in my heart for first responders, the police, the fire department, the EMS folks, and just after this week, just want to take a moment just to really acknowledge and and show deep respect for and appreciation for everyone in the military who serves, uh, the men and women who leave their families, who travel overseas to, to protect us. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you for all that they do. Um, Scott, so I give you a hard time a lot of times. We work together, uh, and I always say, like, you have such a calm soothing voice. I told the producer, I'm probably going to get bumped off this show today after you do the show. So thanks for being here again. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, so you have a really cool story. You're kind of a guy who is a recruiter for the department, but doesn't work in recruiting. And, and, and here's what I mean. You had a career, you became a reserve officer, then you became a full-time officer. And that sounds like a very simple story, but I've always been fascinated with your why. And before we dig into your why, one of the coolest things about this career is, although I didn't know you before we worked together, uh, I seen you around, didn't realize we had so much in common. One of the things that I really appreciate about you that I found out recently is you're a huge fan of leadership, leadership material, and leading others. Is that something that you've always just, uh, throughout all of your careers, have you always been a guy who's just had an interest in taking care of people? Yeah, that's a that's a hard question, but I, I think it is in terms of the taking care of people, definitely. But when you talk about the leadership, it's something that I've found um, inspiring by others that I've been led by. And those people have really stood out to me and tried to emulate some of the things that they've done in terms of the positive impact they've had on my life. So I want to then pay it forward to others is really where the leadership piece uh, has come in. A lot of people, their only experience with law enforcement is what they see on TV or in the movies. And so a lot of people have a you know, preconceived notion that we're all stoic, uh, monotone. But one of the things that I've come to appreciate about you, and, and you don't do this for the attention, but I've watched on several occasions when you've pulled employees aside and genuinely seem to care about them, you check in on them, make sure all is going well for them. And um, we talk a lot about legacy on this show. I know you don't do it for the accolades. I think this is kind of how you're wired. Have you always found that that's kind of your natural bent, looking out for and protecting others? Well, that's a great compliment, Jamie. Thank you. And uh, 
really, whether it's law enforcement or my time in the private sector, uh, I had a number of employees at that time, too. Uh, and I felt the same way. You, you know, we're a family. In many cases, whatever job that you're, you're in or profession you're in, you spend more time uh, with them than you do sometimes your own family. So I've found that the more of a family atmosphere uh, that I can create for people around me, both uh, uh, above and uh, that might report to me, uh, the more enjoyable it is for all the time we spend uh, at work. Yeah, and you'll probably never, that's a great point, and you'll probably never know the legacy until you go on to other details, promote, do other things, and it's just, it's interesting what people say about you when you're not there, and that sounds really bad, but I mean that in a good way, because someone told me recently, they're like, wow, you have no idea how much that means to me, and I and I didn't want to tell you that before we did the show, because I wanted to kind of ambush you with that, because uh, you don't take compliments well, but you mentioned the private sector. You had a career before this. And then something about police work kind of caught your eye. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like? Oh, I sure can. It's a, it's a fun story for me to talk about it. I, it really, uh, I never get tired of, of going through it because I was in the private sector for oh, just about 20 years. Um, did a, several different types of jobs, mostly sales. And uh, um, most recently before I transitioned over to uh, full-time with the police department, I was with a large building products company called Trex. You, you might not have heard of it here in the, uh, in the valley floor, but it's a very popular uh, wood composite decking product that's uh, nationwide. It's got several manufacturing facilities here in the U.S. and just a great company. Uh, I had a great time working for them. I was with them for about uh, probably about 12 or 13 years and started as a sales rep here in Arizona and uh, worked my way up to a director of sales for North America. So I had responsibilities for all of the U.S., um, Mexico, and Canada. So it was, uh, it was a great opportunity. I had a, a very, very fun, fulfilling career there. And uh, how does that relate to police work? Well, a, a good friend of mine was a Phoenix police officer, and uh, he invited me to go on a ride-along. So I don't know uh, how many of the listeners have ever been on a ride-along, but I highly, highly recommend it. it it's, a, uh, it's truly a, um, it's an eye-opening experience, especially if it's something you've never been exposed to before, meaning that uh, you know, my parents weren't police officers or in the profession or any family members for that, uh, family members for that matter. But uh, it was really, um, uh, again, very eye-opening on what you see and what police actually do on a day-to-day basis. You would reference that, hey, most people draw from what they've seen on TV or, or things like that, which there's a small portion of that, that that is true, but a much larger portion is just an interaction day to day. And I, I found that, uh, that my sales background served me very well uh, in the police world. So uh, what, what happened was I went for this ride along with my friends. Uh, my friend, he went with his partner and it was a third shift uh, ride along, which was great. And as I was sitting in the back of the car, because there's the two of them and I'm watching them uh, do their thing, I remember thinking to myself many times, man, these guys are having a great time. I mean, they just truly enjoyed their job. They were funny, witty, the people we had contact with. Uh, it was just a very good uh, experience. And the next day, or, or actually when we were um, in the uh, in the ride-along, during the ride-along, they talked to me about the Phoenix Police Reserves. And quite frankly, when I first heard about them, I, was, I wasn't super interested because I thought, oh, this is some sort of... Um, you know, volunteer traffic type, administrative maybe uh, type thing. And as they told me more about it, 
that couldn't be more the opposite. In fact, you in the Phoenix Police Reserve, which is different than many other uh, cities across the country, is you become a fully sworn police officer at the end of your training. So, in fact, you go to the entire police academy, um, the, the exact same coursework, exact same instructors, exact same period of time as you do as a normal recruit. And I, I, that really shocked me. Uh, clearly, it's a big-time commitment, but at the end of it, you're fully sworn police officer, meaning that uh, you will check into your briefing, you'll get a patrol call, you'll, a car, you'll take a beat, and then go start answering radio calls like any other officer. You said something I want to key in on. Somebody wants to call police work a front seat to the world. You're seeing this, even though it's from the back seat, I get it. You go home. Did you know that day? Uh, absolutely, that day I did. I, I signed up for the reserve program literally the next day. Um, so I, I do the reserve the, the, just to, to give it some context. Um, as a person that works full time, which is what the reserves built around, um, you go to the academy for quite quite a while. You go at nights and on the weekends, kind of like going to night school, really. Uh, it takes about nine or ten months to get through the whole training program, uh, and then when you are done, you go through again the full um, field training program, just like any officer. So once I'm through all the training and I'm uh, released out into the uh, the department and the world, so to speak. Um, it was a very, uh, again, eye-opening experience being on this side of the badge and having the opportunity to just get out there and answer radio calls. And I mentioned that the, my sales background, I think, served me well, uh, combined with some life experience. So when I went through the academy, I was 40 years old. Uh, and most of my peers were in some cases, almost half that age, uh, which which was a very fun experience. It was invigorating for me, uh, to be quite frank, and uh, I think it it took years uh, off my life in a good way, meaning I felt more young when I or younger when I when I walked away, and uh, just being part of something bigger than just myself. Right, that was that was the the big piece, and and I'll I'll tell you another uh, big piece of. What I why I think that I had some success early on, sales background and, and needing to talk to people, but even more importantly than that, I mentioned life experience. So, for example, you know, by the time you've got a couple uh, uh, years under your belt, you know, I've been the victim of a crime before, right? I've had had my house broken into, or car broken into, or or I've had a bad day. Uh, I think that gives me a lot more empathy uh, and understanding. When I roll up on a scene or a call and I can um, see things and understand and, and, quite frankly, the person I'm having contact with can many times see into that and, in, in a positive way. So I, I think as a patrol officer, which is of the all the things that I've done in, this, in the department in the short time I've been here, uh, patrol has been my favorite for that very reason. We I, I'm looking at our producer here for uh, – over six years, we've done almost 300 episodes, and I can only count on two hands the amount of people who, who remember to say police work is actually fun. It's rewarding. It's honorable. It's amazing. It, it, you can provide well for your family, but it, it's fun. I really appreciate the fact that you said that. I also really appreciate the fact that you talked about the ability. We talk about helping people, but if you have that gift to gab and you talk about sales, and I joke to people, I said, Scott's always closing deals. You have the gift to gab. It seems to come naturally for you. If somebody's listening who might be a little shy and they think, well, I can't be that guy, what would you say to them? Well, I think we do. I think there's no better place to learn 
than when you are put in front of people and you're forced to solve problems. Because that's really what we do. Yes, we are law enforcement, and if it comes to it, we'll do that. But 98% of our calls, we're just there trying to fix some sort of issue, right? Whether it's uh, two people can't agree on a price of something or something happened that they uh, just are not getting along for some reason or another. Oh, it could be... Uh, mom, dad, could be child, parent, could be neighbors, all those sorts of things. I get there and my first, the, the first thing I'm thinking of is how can I make both of these people happy, right? What is is there a way to get to that place, right? Clearly you have to secure the scene and calm everybody and make everything safe and we do that. But at the end of the day, when you start drilling down on it, it's like, hey, what what happened? What's the problem? And how can I fix it? So having that ability to do that uh, is something that is hard to put into words. You know, it's funny. Until you said that, I never thought we always talk about crisis negotiators. And I think now every cop is in, in, in their own way a negotiator because not all of the problems, in fact, very few are solved by arresting someone. Uh, to your point, it's how can we meet in the middle and try and regain peace to a situation that may have taken time to to inflame and now how do we get people safe and secure and uh, that's a great point uh scott I, I tell you all the time that you're a walking recruitment billboard somebody out there is listening i know we only have about a minute left but somebody's out there thinking i don't know if i could do that what would you say to them well um you're only limited by what you believe you can do and i can tell you that for me um, when I first took on the reserve program, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I mean, I had a full-time career and all that sort of thing. Uh, so as I as I went through the training and it just kind of kept it just kept appealing to me more and more. So, for example, uh, once I was done with all the training and I would go out on patrol, I found myself uh, going out on a Friday or Saturday night. And when I took that uniform off, I couldn't wait till the next Friday or Saturday to put it back on. Uh, so, and that was what led me to making the transition from a very good, fun career to another good, fun career uh, in law enforcement. And that's uh, that's really the end of the story. Scott, I can't thank you enough for being here and for what you do each and every day. If anyone wants information about the Phoenix Police Reserve, check out their website at phoenixpolicereserve.org. Or if you're interested in a career in law enforcement or one of our civilian professions, check out phoenix.gov under the tab employment. Most importantly, I want to say thank you to everybody who's serving in whatever capacity you are. If you're looking out for others and taking care of others, thank you for making this world as best a place we can. Thank you for Bonneville for this time. Thank you again, Sergeant Scott Stout, for being here. Thank you to you, the listening audience. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.